Mormora! Hey, I'm Andrew Slack, and welcome to the Harry Potter Alliance podcast, brought to you by the coolest people in the world at Pottercast. Today, we're going to be playing interviews with some of your favorite wizard rock bands, some hilarioso Harry Potter humor, and other awesome people in the HP community. And we ain't stopping there. The HP Alliance is dedicated to spreading our love and fighting the dark arts in the real world by using Harry Potter and Albus Dumbledore as role models. And we're going to be talking about ways today that we can be like Dumbledore's army, who woke the world up to Voldemort's return, and wake our ministries, our businesses, and our world to ending the genocide in Darfur. But before we get into the show, let's just talk about some basic facts going on in Darfur. Darfur is a region in the country of Sudan, located in northeast Africa. As we speak, ordinary people like you and I, who live peaceful lives in Darfur, are being killed, tortured, and raped. Despite how often we say the words never again after a genocide, in the last four and a half years we have watched as over 400,000 innocent people have been killed and over two and a half million have been displaced. The government of Sudan has and continues to send their Janjaweed militia into Darfur to systematically burn down every village, systematically kill every man, systematically rape and sometimes kill every woman, and systematically kill and often rape the children. Those who survive are left homeless in the middle of the desert, often having just watched people that they love get brutally murdered. The real-world horrors we have on today, experts on this subject, will tell us that there are very real and mostly nonviolent ways to end this genocide. The main thing we need is a lot of people who care, are creative, committed, and active. And that's where we fit in. It sounds intimidating, but as Harry says in the most recent movie, every great wizard in history has started out the nothing more than we are now. If they can do it, why not us? We have the numbers, we have the heart, and we have the inspiration of Harry's courage, of Hermione's commitment to justice, Ron's humor, and Dumbledore's wisdom. And what better way to send Harry off in his journey to destroy each Horcrux than in joining him in our global fight to destroy the Horcrux that is genocide once and for all, for the people of Darfur, and for the memories of all those who have been affected by genocide. Today we're going to be talking about that, and we're going to be talking to wizard rock bands and do Harry Potter humor and partying and rocking out, and here we go, let's begin, nitwit, oddman, blubber, tweak, in loyalty to the spirit of Albus Dumbledore, together we are the Harry Potter Alliance, we are Dumbledore's Army. Well, I got these kids together, and it's gonna be so great. We're going down to Hogsmeade to plan to educate ourselves. Let's stick to Dolores We'll do it for ourselves I don't care what the ministry tells us We won't be left defenseless We don't care what the ministry tells us We won't be left defenseless We don't care what the ministry tells us We won't be left defenseless This is Alex from the Remus Lupins here to talk to you about 1-800-GENOCIDE. 
Now, whether you're at one of the many house parties across the country, or you're simply listening to this podcast because you're concerned about the situation in Darfur, like I am, you need to call 1-800-GENOCIDE. This anti-genocide hotline will provide you with important facts on current legislation and connect you directly to your elected leader's offices for free. Call right now, even if it's a weekend. Call every day until you've called your governor, called both of your senators, and each of your representatives. And you can keep calling every day, even after that. A lot of times, I feel like I'm not doing enough, and I bet you feel the same way. But this is our opportunity. We can make a real, tangible difference here. And the first step towards solving this crisis is just a phone call away. 1-800-GENOCIDE. You can check them out on the web at 1-800-GENOCIDE.com for more information. If you're not gonna teach us to fight, then the future won't be very bright. History tells us, I don't care what Umbridge says, I don't care what the ministry tells us, I don't care what Umbridge says. I had some really awesome conversations with many members of the HP community about their feelings on Harry Potter and their speculation for the next book. Here are some highlights. We'll start with Brian from Draco and the Malfoys. Can you make a sound to describe the way Voldemort will feel when he finds out that Harry has been destroying his horcruxes? Here's Lauren from the Moaning Myrtles on dating. If you could date anyone in Harry Potter, who would it be? Here's the Remus Lupins on dating. You were Harry on a date with Cho Chang. How would you have responded when she started to cry? Everything that Harry did, the exact opposite. <laughs> I can't I can't imagine two characters that are worse with girls than Ron and Harry. Now back to Draco and the Malfoys with their thoughts on dating. If you could be any age you wanted and date anyone in Harry Potter, who would it be? Oh, that's right. <laughs> is, uh, it's pure blood. It's got to be at least, at least, you know, it's got to be a pure blood. <laughs> and another from the Remus Lupins. If you could date anyone in Harry Potter, who would it be? Lily Evans, before she died. Here's Matt from the Whomping Willows. Can you make a sound to describe the way Voldemort will feel when he finds out that Harry has been destroying his horcruxes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's two more questions with that wonderful band, the Moaning Myrtles. Ideally for you, where will the last fight scene between Harry and Voldemort take place? Myrtle's bathroom, of course. Myrtle's bathroom. Can you make a sound to describe the way Voldemort will feel when he finds out that Harry has been destroying his horcruxes? <laughs> Can you make a sound to describe the way Voldemort will feel if he finds out that Snape is a traitor? What? And lastly... Here are some shipping questions with Jennifer Vineyard from MTV News. Who does Harry end up with? Well, I think we all hope he ends up with Ginny because they love each other. And Ron? I don't think he's going to end up with anyone because I think he's going to die. Ooh, God, you're killing me. No, I'm killing him. You're killing Harry, yeah. (laughs) How about Ron? I think Ron and Hermione get to have, you know, their walk off into the sunset together. Although Matt from the Wampin' Willows, I'll add, uh, put out a uh, minority opinion that Ron's going to get killed. So, uh, Well, you know, I don't think she would kill him just because he's the best friend, although that is something everyone's worried about. I think she's pretty much said that she wouldn't be that cruel. And uh, how about Neville? Who's he going to end up with? I don't necessarily think Neville's going to end up with someone. I think he's just finally going to come into his own and be a strong person. Yes. And I think the relationship he has with himself is more important. Madam Pince, uh, uh, who's she going to end up with? Filch. 
Filch, uh, Hagrid. They both love the rules way too much. <laughs> How about Hagrid? I think if he got his way, he would be with Madame Maxine, but I think having a satisfying relationship with his brother where they can actually talk to each other might be more important for him. I had an awesome time talking with Jennifer Vineyard, who you just heard, and Jennifer has a lot of cool stories about her interviews with everyone from Paul and Joe to George, who play Harry Potter in a rock band, to Daniel Radcliffe, who plays Harry Potter in the movies. Here's a short excerpt from our conversation where Jennifer is discussing one of the favorite topics of the HP Alliance, which is taking allegories from Harry Potter and putting them into action. Whatever interpretation it is that you have, to then try to encourage people who are familiar with that world, who love that world, to take the beliefs and values of that world and apply them to their real life, you know, maybe that's something that Hermione would be very proud of you doing. So, so Harry Potter fans can change the world. If Harry Potter can, why can't his fans? Of course, the HP Alliance believes that we Harry Potter fans, who understand that the weapon we have is love, can make a difference in a world that needs love so very much. And that message has been incredibly supported by one of the most amazing things that I know of, which is the Wizard Rock community, in particularly Harry and the Potters, the Whomping Willows, Draco and the Malfoys, and the Remus Lupins. Okay, uh, we're here with Alex Carpenter from the Remus Lupins. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing really, really well, man. It's an amazing summer, so doing well every day. What drew you in to getting involved uh, with the HP Alliance? Um, well, I, I feel strongly about a lot of the same issues that the HPA does, um, and it's it's really cool that in... in in the wizard rock, rock world that people already sort of shared a lot of values, not just the sort of idea of, of independent music and the way that should be handled, but also a lot of political feelings. Like a lot of us um, are on the same page about problems in the world that need attention that aren't getting them. And, you know, we're not, we're not politicians. We're not activists as much as we could be, but we do you know have a little bit of a megaphone, and I think it's our responsibility to use that megaphone to educate people who may not have been exposed to these issues. So when something comes up and comes to our attention, like Darfur, for instance, um, that's something that you know ne- people need to know about. And it's somehow people still don't even know about what's going on, let alone have they started taking action. So I think it's important that uh, you know, that we we use the lessons we've learned from Harry Potter to you know, and apply them to the real world. And so Alex reminds us to bring this conversation back to ending the genocide in Darfur. Our next guest is what I call an auror for the real world, John Prendergast. John is a senior advisor to the International Crisis Group and a former official in the Clinton White House. He has lived, worked, and traveled throughout Africa for over 20 years. Recently, he co-authored the New York Times best-selling book with his close friend, actor Don Cheadle, called Not on Our Watch, The Mission to End Genocide in Darfur and Beyond. The book devotes a page to the Harry Potter Alliance as a creative and effective organizing tool to bring people together toward ending the genocide in Darfur. Recently, John granted the HP Alliance an exclusive interview conducted by Lisa Rogoff for this podcast. So without further ado, one of the most brilliant and perhaps coolest international activists in the world, John Prendergast. John, the Harry Potter Alliance audience is primarily fans of the Harry Potter series who have been inspired by Harry Potter. How have you been influenced by stories? 
I think uh, from my earliest recollection, when I used to read comic books and uh, science fiction books where there was always inevitably some kind of a hero that saved the day, uh, in general terms, I'm attracted to that <laughs> to that storyline. So, at certain, and it's usually the the guy who's the un, the person who's the unsuspecting you know hero, the person who who rises up from mediocrity or from personal demons to and overcomes them or or go rises above them to then uh, undertake the kinds of actions necessary to to win whatever the the issue is. I've always been attracted to that and. Um, so that I think at the end, from from my earliest memory, I just recall from the Lord of the Rings to uh, all the stories of, of my childhood. Those were the ones that that, uh, that ring the loudest in my memory. Over the past few years, a great deal of your focus has been on the genocide in Darfur. Many of today's listeners are sort of new to the topic of Darfur and to genocide. So, could you give a bit of background about what's going on today in Darfur? Sure. In um, you know, in Sudan, in the country where Darfur is placed, the western part of Sudan is called Darfur. You have uh, a series, a history of conflict between a uh, group in the center, uh, in the center of the country that controls most of the power and wealth, the, the ruling party, the National Congress Party, and uh, divisions between that and and most of the peripheral uh, parts of the country. The South was at war with the, with the government for 20 years now the and the east has been at war at times now darfur and um in darfur rose up in rebellion in 2003 and rather than just fight a conventional war between the rebels and the government the government decided to conduct basically a genocidal counterinsurgency campaign against the rebels by um driving them out of their homes uh through a uh, year and a half period of scorched earth where they used uh, air, aerial bombardment and um, they armed uh, uh, tribal-based militias to attack um, uh, communities and it ended up killing hundreds of thousands of people and displacing millions. And um, so what we have today is the, is the, you know, the repercussions of that decision by the government of Sudan to commit genocide in order to destroy a rebellion in Darfur. We're going to return to the interview with John throughout the show, but now that we've gone over the background in Darfur, here's Sarah from the HP Alliance. Nothing is more powerful than hearing first-hand accounts from victims in Sudan. The following story is taken from eyesondarfur.org, a website where you can see the destruction in Sudan for yourself through stories, video, and satellite images. People were in the village when the Janjaweed arrived at 10 a.m. They were more than 300, and they were divided in three columns, which were heading in different directions. They were shouting, We come to kill the black slaves. They came in the houses and ran after those who were trying to flee. I was running away next to the imam who was very old. He was shot four times in the back and in the leg. They then burned the village. Only 10 out of 100 houses remained intact. We return to John Prendergast. So there's a solution to these things. It's all applied differently in the different countries. We just now have to convince our elected officials to put the requisite diplomacy and resources behind uh, those solutions. And that's where we all come in. Because if, the, if our politicians, if our elected officials hear from us, then in fact 
we care about what they do, whether they take a stand or not on these issues, and they realize that, in fact, there is a political cost to inaction, uh, then we're going to get somewhere. We've got to create this movement, this small movement of people who care about these issues that are willing, each time they hear and each time they learn about particular issues, that they were willing to call their member of Congress or write to him or her or, or send an email uh, and get some of the friends together, family members together to do the same and work on this thing, uh, on these issues uh, uh, throughout, uh, throughout the coming years. And I think as time goes on, if our elected officials see that it has become an issue that matters to the American people or people beyond these borders, that – um, that they will then be more proactive in their response. And again, all these we don't need to send in American troops. We don't need to send billions of dollars. There are solutions and answers all within our means that we could, if promoted uh, uh, robustly if we, and if applied quickly, could uh, prevent the deaths of millions of people uh, in the coming decade. Hi, I'm Harry Potter from Harry and the Potters, here to talk about 24 Hours for Darfur. 24HoursForDarfur.org is a website that was started by students asking people from all over the world to make videos voicing their concern for the people of Darfur. The goal is to get 24 hours of video and to play those 24 hours outside the UN building as well as ministry buildings throughout the world. This is a fun and creative way to join people from all over the world in voicing your concern about the people of Darfur. If you have a video camera, make a video where you talk about how much ending the genocide in Darfur means to you. And feel free to be really creative. You can dress wizardly, you can sing, you can rap, you can do anything you want. Have fun, express yourself, and post it at 24 Hours for Darfur. Thanks a lot. Remember, the weapon we have is love. To cry, someday we'll all laugh, but you better get your act together after the bird sings. Harry and the Potters are the brilliant band that founded Wizard Rock. Thanks to the brilliance of their music, performances, and ideas, there are now over 200 Wizard Rock bands that we can all listen to and re-experience the Harry Potter novels with. Harry and the Potters helped found the HP Alliance and have continued to spread the word and think of ideas for where we should go in our quest to change the world. And so without further ado, one of my and your favorite journalists, Melissa Anelli, interviewing Paul DeGeorge from Harry and the Potters. Hey everyone, this is Melissa from The Leaky Cauldron. And this is Paul from Harry and the Potters. Well, we're here on this very special podcast for the Harry Potter Alliance. In case you're not familiar with everything that's gone on in the in the Harry Potter world, just as a, a, a little refresher. J.K. Rowling started the children's uh, level high group uh, to stop the caging of children in, in Romania, and she actually, st- I mean, she actually has made significant progress in this area. Paul and I have both spent a long time in this Harry Potter community seeing what our, our group of wonderful people can do, and we wanted to share with you some of our experiences and talk about the ways in which this awesome community can move the world. Why don't you start? Because you, you've had a lot of great interaction with fans over your time in, as leading the band Harry and the Potters. Um, what have been some of the best things that you've seen come out of this community effort? Well, you know, to be honest, uh, on a personal level, um, it's just entirely changed my, my outlook, you know, on life, um, where... Uh, it's it's sort of inspiring to see how these books have affected people so deeply, um, and to see 
um, their their intense desire to give back. You know, um, this the joy of reading is something that everybody's felt with these books, and um, our band in one way is is a way of giving back. Uh, and you know, we we're just out there playing these rock songs about these books, but you know, so much of that is just. Um, you know, our concerts are these events where kids can get together, all these people who love these books and sort of socialize around them and that sort of thing. And it's wonderful for us to see um, both our music and these books actually bringing people together in the real world, whereas reading can be a sort of solitary experience. Um, the community that's sprung up around Harry Potter has really engaged uh, an entire um, fan base and they're now interacting with each, with each other, being creative um, around Harry Potter, and um, it's really deeply affecting you know a lot of people's lives. Yeah, totally. I mean, I go to your shows and I see these kids screaming and dancing about how awesome love is, and you don't see that at any rock concert. Never mind one that's you know about a book series. So you have all these kids jumping up and down to the weapon we have is love and, and how can we use love to f defeat evil. So you're basically taking the messages of Harry Potter and helping them apply it to the real world. So, you know, this is basically what this whole Harry Potter Alliance effort is about, is taking what we know about Harry Potter, taking taking the messages that we take from these books and applying it to real life. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's the wonderful thing is, the Harry Potter Alliance is really just a, another way to engage this fan base, you know. Um, there are so many wonderful themes to these books, um, and I think first and foremost among them is sort of that there is this power of love in the world, and that is sort of what Voldemort's missing, you know. That's, that's the missing ingredient there, and that's why in the end he'll be defeated. And... Um, the Harry Potter Alliance is sort of seeking to rally people around um, these books and these themes, you know, and to just, you know, it's it's just common humanity, human sense, you know, to, to be nice to other people and that sort of thing. But uh, sometimes we miss out on that um, in the real world. When we apply these messages in the real world, some real real practical, actual good can come of it. What, are, what, have some of, what have you seen happen because people are taking these messages to heart? Well, we see, I mean, you know, to be honest, I, like, I look, uh, I look to certain places like the Leaky Cauldron for inspiration, you know, and I see what you guys do with a lot of your, your great charity drives and things like that. And it's wonderful to see, um, you know, across the board, people seem so enthusiastic um, about giving back, you know, like a lot of your charity drives are are uh, aimed at raising money for these literacy um, organizations and foundations, and and I think people just feel like they want to give back in a real tangible way, and especially with regards to literature, because what we're dealing with here is literature that is actually like really deeply affecting people, and it's that that desire to share this literature with other people and not just strictly Harry Potter books but um, just literature in general. Yeah I mean we realized fairly early on that we wanted to give something back um, and there's been nothing more gratifying than that which is how I think it all relates to, the, to this to this Harry Potter Alliance effort is that once we knew we had this huge loving awesome community behind us we knew that we could make a difference. And the first time that we did that was when J.K. Rowling was auctioning off um, 
uh, words about the fifth book. It had been two years since anybody heard anything about the fifth book. Everybody was desperate for, for word. And she announced that she was donating a card with words about the fifth book um, on it to Sotheby's. And the fans wanted to find out this information. But through wanting to find out this information, we realized that if we banded together and raised you know, used our forces as a community to raise money, we would also be raising a lot of money for a literacy charity. And what happened in that time was absolutely unbelievable. I'll never forget it in my life. We It was 10 days. We incorporated as a, as a nonprofit, and within 10 days, we had raised over $24,000, which is unbelievable by any fundraising standards, especially when you are a first-time fundraiser. It was a total, and I'm Paul, I know that you know this, the whole do-it-yourself do method. It was total, I mean... I would wake up six o'clock in the morning and and do my and do my banking and get things ready to go make the that do, that day's donation. I would get to work an hour early so that I can go to the bank on the way in. While I was at work, my parents and my sister were were at home, taking the taking in the donations, taking in the checks, right, putting making an Excel sheet, waiting for me to get home so that we can do the bank. Like it was a total from the ground up effort, and I couldn't believe that it all came in so hard and so fast. So what we learned from it was that this huge loving community is sitting waiting to do stuff like this. They were so excited when they found out that there was a way that they could use their Harry Potter love to help make a difference. We we didn't win that card at the end of it, but we helped buy 11,000 books. And when you go to this small, tiny charity called Book It International that at that point was not getting the kind of notoriety that it really deserved um, at that time, and they greet you with hugs and tears that they that they appreciate how much you've done and how much you've helped their mission. It's just unbelievable. I mean, the Harry Potter community, once we saw that happen, we said, well, we, gotta, we, we clearly have to do this again. And so we do charity drives, I mean, as often as our schedules will allow. It's really, ugh, it's just been some of the most gratifying moments of my life have been doing, have been using the force of this community for that kind of good. What direction might people take to, to, um, I mean, obviously, we've spoken quite a bit about charity work, but there's there's other ways in which people are involved um, in the Harry Potter community and giving back. And I think that's sort of what the Harry Potter Alliance is aimed at. It's not necessarily about raising money. It's sort of about heightening awareness to a lot of social issues in the world um, and injustices. And, um, you know, in some ways, it's aimed at getting... Um, uh, a younger generation um, involved socially and um, getting maybe a little bit involved in activism to some degree. I've sort of, this is something that I want to throw back at you later, but um, because, because you, you, you do it you, and Harry and the Potters does it and in a, in a, in a very unique way in which you've, you take in those messages and you, you put them in music and people go around singing these songs and they're promulgating the same messages I keep repeating the songs, and it's it's, it's 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 like repeating these great ideals that are that and ideas that are in Harry Potter, in musical catchy form, and it just it, it it it's it's completely contagious. Yeah. Did you ever think, Paul? Did you ever think that when you and Joe started this band in two thousand and two, for however many people in your backyard in in Norwood, Massachusetts, did you ever think that you'd be moving crowds of six hundred to seven hundred? on a regular basis with all these subversive messages <laughs> and all this and all this political, you know, all, that you'd be doing basically what you're doing now to the extent at which you're doing it. Well, you can dream, can't you? But you know that's a rhetorical question. Yeah. Of course not. Like, 
you know when you when you start something small like that you you just have uh you you think of um ways that you can i mean for for instance with our band we were just trying to make our friends laugh you know and i think that's a noble goal um and i think i think it's important to keep that in mind you know even even if you're getting involved with things like activism for the first time you don't have to shoot for the stars you know it doesn't necessarily mean like we have to end this genocide in Darfur because it's it's not going to be one person that ends the genocide in Darfur, but one person can help and make a difference, you know. Um, and I think it, you know, and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be that. I, I think you're absolutely right in saying that people should should look inside themselves and see well what what part of the Harry Potter books do I really relate to, you know? Like I feel like Hermione. And, you know, like, house elves should totally be free. <laughs> Workers' rights and yeah. all that. You know, like, maybe you want to get involved in that sort of thing. Um, but you should, I mean, you should look into the books and look look into how you feel as a person. And I think, I think that's why so many people are getting involved, you know, um, in the Harry Potter community to these degrees is because they're finding commonalities between themselves and between the books and between characters in the books and situations in the books. Yeah. And... Um, they're wanting to take um, take those and apply them out into the real world, and uh, you know, like, look, I mean, look at look at Harry and the Potters, man. We can make a difference, you know, because yeah, we started in our backyard playing for six or seven of our friends, and now we get to play, you know, all over the country, and you know, get to get to have like really awesome fun shows every night and like i know like a show's a show but like i also believe that like to have like one hour in a person's day where you make them happy is a pretty awesome thing and uh i think people take that with them the next day and and for the rest of the week or you know and it's just that good feeling you get and um to be able to share that with so many people is a, a special thing, and I feel fortunate that that's that's what I'm doing all summer long, you know? So, uh, you know, people should never underestimate themselves to any degree because, yeah, just look at look at me and Joe, you know? We started in our backyard one sun Sunday afternoon. 325 million Harry Potter books have been sold. This time... They're being they're being printed on recycled paper. Who? What other large sellers does all does all their work on recycled paper? All these little things that you we hear about in drips and drabs over the years are really adding up <laughs> because this community is so so large. It's adding up to make a real difference, and it's really cool that we're all a part of this. So I just really hope everybody will um, take the opportunity to be part of this community and really make it count. Absolutely. I mean, it's a community that everybody is already a part of. Um, and I think everybody should feel encouraged and welcome to participate, you know, and it's, it's as much or as little as you make of it. But every time you participate, um, you know, you are, you are changing the world. You know, Harry Potter fans are a large group of people and together we, we have this tremendous power. And uh, I'm I'm really happy to be a part of it, and happy to to um, to be in a, a position where we are having fun and making a difference in the world. And you know, I'm also happy to have made so many friends through Harry through Harry Potter. One of the favorite organizations of many in the HP Alliance is the Peace Alliance, which is working to go beyond the reactive nature of the Muggle mindset 
and build a culture of peace today, one that is not conducive to violence, war, and genocide. Here to talk to us is another real-world horror, Dot Maver. Dot, thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me, Andrew. It's a delight, and thank you to all the Harry Potter fans who are actually revealing a culture of peace. Now, Dot, um, can you tell us um, what the Peace Alliance's aim uh, is in creating environments where violence uh, against unarmed civilians uh, wouldn't happen at all? Yes. Yes, Andrew. And let me begin by stating that we are in full support of Harry Potter fans waking up the ministries and helping them remember their job is to stop genocide. And in fact, in terms of creating environments where violence doesn't occur, as you suggest, their job is to stop violence of all kinds by focusing on peace building, technologies, programs that already exist so that we are actually preventing violence by dealing with conflict wisely and responsibly before it breaks out into violence. So the Peace Alliance advocates for legislation that supports a culture of peace. And Andrew, it begins with each one of us, just like Harry, being the change that we want to see in this world. Now, I I will say that we also participate in the Global Alliance for Ministries and Departments of Peace, for government structures that support and encourage a culture of peace. So what we say is let's end the beginning of all war and let's make violence history. How can young people play a part right now uh, in what the Peace Alliance is doing to bring peace to this world and create a culture of peace? Well, let me say that we have a student peace alliance, Andrew, and there is a youth working group with the Global Alliance as well. The Student Peace Alliance is uniting youth from around the country here in the U.S. and the Working Group for the Global Alliance from countries around the world uh, with a common goal of establishing ministries and departments of peace. And so with grassroots activism, they can get involved simply by coming to our website, www.thepeacealliance.org, or call Julia at 202-296-1187. Because, again, it will, as you suggest, take each one of us being that change ourselves and all of us working together to create a world that actually works for everybody. And as you and I were talking earlier, you know, the the one whose name isn't spoken of without support shrinks into nothing. And so as we focus our intention and attention on what it is we want, peace, nonviolence as organizing principles in society and are together in the spirit of cooperation and the spirit of peace, that's the kind of safe, sustainable, secure communities we'll live in. And now back to Sarah from the HP Alliance. Here is another story from eyesondarfor.org. I was living with my family in Tawila and going to school when one day the Janjaweed entered the town and attacked the school. We tried to leave, but we heard noises of bombing in the town and started running in all directions. All the girls were scared. The Janjaweed entered the school and caught some girls and raped them in the classrooms. I was raped by four men inside the school. When they left, they told us they would take care of all of us black people and clean Darfur for good. As I hear that, my mind goes to two quotes. The first is from Goblet of Fire. 
It was Voldemort, Harry thought, staring up at the canopy of his bed in the darkness. It all came back to Voldemort. He was the one who had torn these families apart, who had ruined all these lives. The other from Half-Blood Prince. Anyway, the boy was only five, and he died in St. Mungo's. They couldn't save him. He died, repeated Harry, shocked. But surely werewolves don't kill, they just turn you into one of them. They sometimes kill, said Ron, who looked unusually grave now. I've heard of it happening when the werewolf gets carried away. What was the werewolf's name, said Harry quickly. Well, the rumor is that if that it was that Fenrir Greyback, said Hermione. I knew it, the maniac who likes attacking kids, the one Lupin told me about, said Harry angrily. Hermione looked at him bleakly. Harry, you've got to get that memory, she said. It's all about stopping Voldemort, isn't it? These dreadful things that are happening are all down to him. Now the words of that young girl, the suffering that she has undergone, it's genocide. It all comes down to the genocide in Darfur. I'm sure you're as angry as I am, and here's another thing that you can do. I'm Melissa from the Leaky Cauldron, here to talk to you about fidelity out of Sudan. I know this may sound shocking to you guys, but you or your loved ones may be, without even knowing it, indirectly funding the genocide in Darfur. The reason? Fidelity Bank. Many Americans invest in mutual funds with Fidelity Bank. These funds include some Chinese oil companies that buy oil in Sudan and provide the government there with money to fund this genocide. We can stop this flow of money by pressuring Fidelity Bank to change its holdings in the Chinese companies. Tell your friends and your families to look into their investments to make sure they aren't investing in genocide. There are detailed instructions, a petition to sign, and much more at fidelityoutofsudan.com. Remember, Lucius Malfoy demonstrated that when money talks, people listen. Well, we can stop the Lucius Malfoys of our world, and we can pressure Fidelity Bank to cut off the flow of money going into Sudan. If they do this, it could save hundreds of thousands of innocent people. Bowling club was cool. The best we Matthew Vines of the Harry Potter website Veritaterum is an amazing 17-year-old. First, he's a big Harry Potter fan. Here he is talking about meeting J.K. Rowling at the recent London premiere of Order of the Phoenix. Out of the blue, about 10 feet away there, she was, and she was walking straight over toward us, and it was so exciting. And I think I probably uh, could not form a coherent sentence without asking her my question. <laughs> and I don't know if she really understood what I was saying, because I really just wanted to say, I think you're amazing, and you've changed the world for the better, and I, I didn't know what I was saying, but it's very exciting. He also has a pretty frightening theory that Creature is not working for Harry, but is operating under the orders of Bellatrix Lestrang. However, this year, from December to May, Matthew did something that sounds like the work of another 17-year-old we all love. Harry Potter. Matthew had been following the genocide in Darfur since it began. Well, I've been, the, let's see, the genocide started uh, four and a half years ago, and I've been, ever since I heard about it, probably about four years ago, I've been following it pretty closely because it's something that interests me very much and I find really appalling. So you just heard that announcement about Fidelity Investments, who don't seem to care that they are helping to fund a genocide. But a lot of states in the U.S. and countries around the world are unknowingly helping to do the same thing. It turns out, through something called a pension fund, Matthew's state of Kansas was investing $38 million in those companies. And when Matthew saw that no one was doing anything about it, 
he picked up the gauntlet and led a campaign of hundreds of people to get the state of Kansas to divest that $38 million. And so millions of dollars that would have gone to buy weapons for the Janjaweed and help fund a very expensive genocide are now simply not being delivered. There are many states in the U.S. and many countries in the world who have not done this yet. If you'd like to learn more about this, we'll help connect you to Matthew by writing us at darfor at the hpalliance.org or writing Matthew directly at matthewvines at verisatirum.com. And while you're at it, one of Matthew's favorite organizations can be found at sudandivestment.org. And now to shift gears for a moment, some Harry Potter humor. Hello out there, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Anagramma Mamajama with a Harry Potter anagram report. We all know that if you rearrange the letters in the name Tom Marvolo Riddle, it spells I am Lord Voldemort. But it turns out that I am Lord Voldemort also anagrams to lots of other stuff applicable to many important life situations. Like, if you're telling your dorm buddy that you're going to play a Harry Potter movie, roommate, I roll DVD. Or if it's been a while since you've cleaned out your room at Hogwarts, a closet mold, I rave. Or if you're a sadistic dog owner, told old rover, name. Or if you're a Frenchman encountering a disgusting ogre-like creature, troll drove moi mad. And finally, for what it's worth, torrid mom lad love. Weird, but true. And on that note, this is the Anagramma Mamma Jamma, signing off. This is Brian from Draco and the Malfoys, here to talk about Darforscores.org. If you're in the U.S. and are interested in finding out how well your state's leaders are in voting for legislation around Darfur, you can find out easily by going to www.Darforscores.org. Once you're at Darfur Scores, you can put in your zip code and see how your leaders have been graded on the subject of Darfur. Once you've seen their grades, you can scroll down and find out how to call them, and you'll also find their address as well. If they have a good score, you can show your support by sending them a thank you letter. If they haven't scored well, you can send them a polite note urging them to do more to end the genocide in Darfur. And if you want to be really creative, send them something they'll really remember, like a video, an original song, a drawing, all the while showing them that you care about Darfur. Let's work together and keep our elected leaders caring about their grade on Darfur. Thanks. Keep rocking, keep reading, and party like you're evil. Our next guest, another real-world horror, is Ambassador Joe Wilson, who served as a U.S. diplomat in various African nations as well as Iraq for over 20 years. In 1991, President George Bush Sr. called Joe Wilson a true American hero. Though you may have heard of him and his wife Valerie Plame in the news lately, what brought Ambassador Wilson into the limelight in the first place was his expertise on African affairs. Here are some excerpts from our interview. Ambassador Wilson, we are honored to have you with us today. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. Good to be with you. Um, the, uh, the folks who are listening out there in the Harry Potter Alliance, we are interested in waking up uh, the leaders of our governments and waking up our media uh, and the businesses in our world to the fact that the genocide in uh, Darfur needs to end uh, and needs action uh, immediately. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your experience as an ambassador on the subject of uh, 
of uh, the Sudan and the genocide in Darfur, um, and uh, let us know a little bit about what's happening uh, there right now. Well, I served in Africa for uh, most of my 23-year career in the Foreign Service, including as ambassador to Gabon and to the Democratic Republic of Sao Tome and Principe. Uh, I also served in Bujumbura, Burundi, shortly after the genocide there. Uh, and I was in Gabon during the genocide in Rwanda. Indeed, in a later uh, tour of duty as political advisor to the Commander-in-Chief of U.S. Armed Forces Europe, uh, I worked uh, very closely with the armed services and with the uh, State Department as well as with African and other European armed forces to put together what came to be called the African Crisis Response Initiative. That was a training program designed to train African troops at above the battalion level, the multi-battalion level, so that they could be deployed under the auspices of the United Nations or the Organization of African Unity uh, to help get non-combatants out of the way or to protect them when and if failed and failing states were lending themselves to a genocidal situation. Uh, indeed, I think the first African force that was uh, sent into Darfur to protect the Darfurians from, uh, from the Sudanese government uh, were uh, basically trained by, uh, the, under this program. Regrettably, of course, what's happened in the Sudan has been that they, these forces were overwhelmed, uh, and the Sudanese and the Jinjas and, and everybody else uh, have just been wreaking havoc on the civilian population in the region. Uh, at some point, it seems to me, uh, this requires um, uh, a response from the international community. And the response is long, long overdue. Uh, President Bush has a lot of angry words to say about Darfur, um, as do many uh, leaders, uh, Democrat, Republican, uh, yet little action has been done. What, what can we ask uh, them to do specifically as far as action? Well, again, I mean, I think with respect to our, uh, our own elected representatives, it would be to uh, care uh, and to put pressure on the president to put action behind his words. This may be the first time in the history of, uh, of um, modern civilization that we declared a, a genocide and then did nothing about it. Uh, secondly, uh, yes, people who are investors in some of these funds and shareholders ought to be writing them. Uh, people should look at who's invested in Fidelity and talk to them, as well as talking to Fidelity itself. Uh, well, this is great, uh, uh, Ambassador. What, uh, I have two last questions. The first uh, is still serious. What, what should uh, President Bush and other leaders uh, in Europe uh, and other parts of the world do right now as far as taking action uh, in Sudan? Well, I think the big thing would be to go to the United Nations and and, uh, and either under the Genocide Convention um, uh, essentially declare the government of Sudan out of order, uh, or, uh, more to the point, um, uh, try and engage uh, in a discussion on a Chapter 7 peacemaking operation, which would allow the deployment of United Nations troops to combat those who are killing civilians and actually fight them and restore some order and protect the civilian population in Darfur. Uh, thank you so much for your wonderful words. My last question is uh, regarding uh, Harry Potter. Have, have you read the books? Uh, I have not, but my wife, Valerie, has read, um, I think they've read two of them now. She's read two of them to my kids, who are now seven and a half, eight years old. Um, they are big uh, Harry Potter fans. Oh, wonderful. Well, this last book is coming out, and actually I, I, would, I would highly recommend this, this movie that's coming out. It has a lot to do with... Uh, a government that gets uh, that gets out of control and spying on its own people is this this uh, fifth movie. I think 
I think you may find it um, particularly uh, uh, interesting. But I, that's wonderful to hear that your kids are reading it. And um, thank you so much uh, for everything that you do for our world. And uh, thank you for, for joining us today. Thanks very much. Take care. Bye-bye. And now, to shift gears and lighten the mood a bit, here's some more Harry Potter humor performed by my colleague in comedy, Seth Reibstein. And now, an important message from Vomit. Hello. I represent vegans opposed to magically invasive testing, or vomit. And I've got a word to say to you about Harry Potter. The world of Harry Potter is not critter positive. Bacon, sausage, and steak are on the menu at every Hogwarts banquet. Owls are cruelly caged and forced to fly great distances to deliver letters. And Hermione's cat's face is described as grumpy and oddly squashed, as though it had run into a brick wall. As Stephanie Tanner might say, how rude. But perhaps most disturbing is the casual and sadistic use of animals as components of the Hogwarts curriculum itself. It's everywhere. Potions are made from beetles, caterpillars, and rat tails. Mother dragons are chained and forced to watch young wizards steal their eggs in the Triwizard Tournament. Consider the following passage from Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Every time Ron tried to transfigure his beetle, it engulfed him in a thick gray smoke that smelled of rotten eggs. Unable to see what he was doing, Ron accidentally squashed it with his elbow and had to ask for a new one. Even Hagrid's Care of Magical Creatures class encourages casual experimentation on scroots, flobberworms, and bow truckles. And woe betide beasties in the hands of less benevolent instructors. Consider the following passage from Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Harry looked down. He was squeezing his bullfrog so tightly its eyes were popping. He waved his wand without really concentrating. His bullfrog swelled like a green balloon and emitted a high-pitched whistle. Ron jabbed at his bullfrog so hard that he poked it in the eye. The frog gave a deafening croak and jumped off the desk. Or this, from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, in which a professor demonstrates the agonizing Cruciatus curse on a defenseless arachnid. At once, the spider's legs bent in on its body. It rolled over and began to twitch horribly, rocking from side to side. Harry was sure that if it could have given voice, it would have been screaming. Moody did not remove his wand, and the spider started to shudder and jerk more violently. Pain, said Moody softly. Monstrous. To combat such wanton cruelty... Vomit is introducing its Yes, Animals, 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 Yes initiative, or Yay! Details are forthcoming, but stay tuned for periodic vomit outpourings about the Yay initiative. This message has been brought to you by Vegans Opposed to Magically Invasive Testing, because magic doesn't have to stand for making animals groan in consternation. Okay, so that was a fake public service announcement. Now, a real one. Hey, I'm Lauren from the Moaning Myrtles, here to tell you about two ways that people living in the U.S. can get all the 2008 election candidates to take action against genocide. 
We want them to know how much people care about Darfur. I know you're at your computer, so go to askthecandidates.org and sign the petition urging all of the candidates in the 2008 election to personally commit to ending the genocide in Darfur. That's www.askthecandidates.org. Another way you can engage the candidates is with your video camera. That's right, YouTube is asking people to upload videos for the Democratic debate on July 23rd. You can make a video asking the Democratic candidates about what they plan on doing around Darfur and then submit it to youtube.com debates. Get your procrastination over with now and get that video online between July 14th and July 22nd. Who knows, your question might even be aired during the presidential debates. And keep your eyes open for the same thing in September for the Republican debates. Thanks a lot, guys. Here's a little more from Draco and the Malfoys about what drew them into getting involved with the HP Alliance. Oh, well, this was, um, this was way back at the first Yule Ball we played, which was in December of 2005. It was the, the first time we had really had any, um, any personal contact with um, the HP Alliance. And clearly, um, the, the Alliance is full of passion and full of idealism. And really on our side of all the um, ideological spectrum and, um, and and they were doing it um, with the stories that we love so much. And while we're talking about Wizard Rock, here's Matt from the Whomping Willows talking about the Wizard compilation CD he put together as a benefit for the HP Alliance. You know, I, I basically just put it together as a fundraiser for the HPA because, um, you know, it's, it's something that, it's an organization that I feel um, needs to continue, and there need to be more organizations like it, and um, I felt that partnering these bands with, um, you know, a social organization, political organization, um, that I feel is compatible with this scene, um, I think, you know, it'll get more people into it, and um, also, again, um, encourage people to um, find enjoyment. And you can purchase the CD at myspace.com slash cheap rent. It, it features some incredible tracks from wizard rock bands and also this track from me attempting to rap about the HP Alliance. The world's overwhelming. We start to get numb. We get apathetic and start to play dumb. So let's all raise our wands for we shall overcome. If we sing from our souls, expecto patronum. In honor of James. In honor of Lily. In honor of our right to be loving and silly. In honor of our right to keep our planet intact. And in honor of Sirius. Sirius Black. In honor of Amelia Bones, Cedric, and more. And in honor of the greatest, Albus Dumbledore. Door. If we're loyal to his spirit, then he'll stay on this earth. And within our own hearts, there will not be a dearth of his presence within us. It's warmth and it's mirth. And the phoenix will rise and he will bring rebirth. So Lumos love, Lumos peace, Lumos justice we shall not cease. We'll move and groove and love in defiance. Together as one, we're the HP Alliance. Now to move on to something particularly symbolic. Harry is about to go off into the world accompanied by Hermione and Ron to destroy every Horcrux and shed light onto the darkness. We in the HP Alliance suggest lighting a candle for Harry, sending him our love and support. 
and as you light this candle, put out an intention for how you intend to shine your light onto the darkness that exists in our world. And remember that even though we are not necessarily the boy who lived, each one of us has a role to play in the cosmic battle of love versus sphere. And in these dark and difficult times where choices between what is right and what is easy continue to emerge, we have the opportunity to let our light shine. And now, back to Sarah. Here's another story from eyesondarfour.org. When the Janjaweed arrived, I took my daughter in my arms and ran away. But I was shot in the leg and had to slow down. That is when my three-year-old daughter Husna was shot. Right now, CNN.com is doing this awesome thing where they're collecting pictures from Harry Potter fans all over the world who are dressing wizardly and sending in their images of how much they love Harry Potter. We'd like you guys to do that, too. Uh, And you can go to uh, CNN.com, and there's a top bar, at least there is right now, that says Harry Potter. If you click on the top bar that says Harry Potter, it'll take you to a section, uh, if you scroll down, that uh, that mentions I reporters show their love for all things Harry Potter. Click on that I reporters thing, and they'll direct you to a way for how you can send in pictures uh, to CNN with uh, how much you love Harry Potter. And we encourage people to have pictures with signs that say "Save Darfur." Uh, be creative with the pictures, have fun, and let's show the world that Harry Potter fans care about Darfur. You can check out the entire interview with John Prendergast and check out his amazing book, Not on Our Watch, on the Pottercast site. But here he is, signing off. And thanks to the Harry Potter Alliance for caring about this issue enough to do this. It's really, uh, it's going to add uh, quality and quantity to the growing anti-genocide movement across the United States and around the world. And we need you, so go out and recruit more of your members. uh, And in your plan for world domination, save a little time for... uh, preventing and responding to genocide and crimes against humanity. Thanks a lot. If you want to stay involved in the HP Alliance's efforts to end the genocide in Darfur, send us an email at darfur at the hpalliance.org, where Matthew Vines will be leading us as a real Dumbledore's army. If you haven't thrown a house party yet, but would like to at any time, email jen at jen at the hpalliance.org, and that's jen with two n's. And to discuss this topic more, please go to our forum section at the hpalliance.org. Also, check out our MySpace at myspace.com slash hpalliance. A Facebook profile is on the way. But there's more ways to stay involved. And before I get into them, keep in mind that you can't do everything, so don't get overwhelmed. Even if it's one thing that we say here today, even if you walk away with one thing, that's a really big deal. So without further ado, you ready? Get your quill and your parchment out, because I'm about to read some URLs. Start your own STAND chapter. STAND is a student-run organization that is working to end genocide all over the world. If you want to get involved or start a chapter, sign up at standnow.org or write Scott Warren at swarren at standnow.org. You can also sign up for action alerts at standnow.org, savedarfour.org, genocideintervention.net, and at fidelityoutofsudan.org. MiaFarrow.org is another great resource, as is EyesOnDarfour.org, and John Prendergast's organization, EnoughProject.org. And don't forget, ThePeaceAlliance.org. I'd like to thank everyone who made this podcast possible. 
Melissa, and the entire team at Leaky and Pottercast, thank you so much. The Wizard Rock community, you are all amazing. The real-world aurors who lent us their time and expertise, and of course, the amazing volunteers in the HP Alliance, and each one of you, members of the HP Alliance, thank you. And now, as we come close to closing the last Harry Potter book we will ever receive, let's remember Dumbledore's words, that to the well-organized mind, death, or for that matter, closure of any kind, is but the next great adventure. And that as we greet that flighty mistress of adventure, the people and the fictitious characters that we love are with us and come out when we need them most. When we, like Harry, was in Dumbledore's office at the end of Order of the Phoenix, get tired of being human, Harry, Ron, and Hermione are right there in the Gryffindor common room inside of us, playing wizard chess, conspiring, laughing, and ready to take on the dark arts, whatever it takes. Let's join them in that fight together with our greatest weapon, love. We may have lost Sirius Black. But we're not turning back We will fight till we have won And Voldemort is gone And I'm gonna do whatever it takes I don't care about whatever fate That prophecy says No, I'm not afraid no, I'm not afraid Cause there's one thing that I've got One thing that you've got inside you too One thing that we've got And the one thing we've got is enough to save us all Save us all.